G'day humans, welcome to the safe space for dangerous ideas. Here's a dangerous idea for you. You build up hundreds of thousands of followers on social media using uh, an amusing, slightly offensive moniker, the worthless twink. And then you decide to ditch it all, branch out on your own, and reevaluate your relationship to the gay community and to influencing itself, to what it's doing to our heads, to social media, to other influencers, to the entire community, both the community of influencers and of gaydom that uh, has been part of your life for so long. Tim Abbott is our guest today. He uh, rose to superstardom in Australia a few years ago as the worthless twink, a cute, pretty gay boy making short, funny comedy videos on Instagram. He's moving on now, and uh, we have a fascinating chat about all the things that he finds right and wrong with those communities that he's been part of, why there aren't more gays in sport, uh, his issues with uh, gay drug use and promiscuity and uh yeah the question of where influencing is taking us all and what we can do about it uh, i hope you enjoy as much as i did this chat with the one and only tim abbott well, well, well let, let's start hard in questions yeah yeah <laughs> um, but that's interesting about your mum having worked for the four seasons so you were traveling around as like a little kid yeah as a little kid yeah we would travel around a lot and staying in incredibly fancy hotels in, uh, Unknown to me, yeah, incredibly fancy hotels, and so. What do you mean unknown to you? You were just well, like, this I, I is just, what I just thought is. that's what hotels were. Yeah, yeah I didn't right. just assume that all hotels are, you know, not eight hundred dollars a night suites. Exactly. Not was she like a fancy a room, senior person? Not too sure of her role. Yeah. I, 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 I don't <laughs> okay. know. I was a kid. I, I yeah. just, it's just mum's job, and so right. we would just travel around to different hotels, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But she would be working, and me, and my, I've two older sisters, right? Two older sisters, and I would just run amok in the pool and fabulous yeah, it, was, it, it was but are they enough older than you that they behaved like pet like mums my oldest sister is seven years older than me so yeah, yeah right. considerably that's and great yeah and then other one is two years older so it was kind of like her and then us and was the eldest sister a stern taskmaster or like the f- the fun mum who lets you do anything oh uh, uh, i think no she was a lot of fun yeah no she yeah. A, a balance i mean she took care of us but then yeah also was a lot of fun and taught me a lot so where did you go we went to Malaysia, we went to Thailand, we went to India. Uh, where else? And is this because, yeah. so your um, mother was, and you were there for long periods of time? No, or you were no, just no, on holiday? No, no, just for all, like short stints. Like, Do you still yeah. get the free discount? And no. Can I, can I get it? No. <laughs> no, no, no. What, there are no if folks. I marry you, then do I get the discount? Sean would be very unhappy. But. That's fine. That's fine. We can look. We can consider polyamory. Yeah, sure. I, well. Look, I bring nothing to the table in terms of perks, uh, in terms of okay. discounts or anything. All right. But I, if I do, if I could hear of a discount, I can sling you. Tell me about it. I'll tell you about it. Um, so, worthless twink. What happened to worthless twink? Uh, they went away. Yes, yeah, so worthless twink is dead. So, <laughs> what was worthless twink? Worthless twink. Worthless twink was a meme page that I started uh, in 2020. Uh, the first lockdown. Um, and and it was, you were basically, you you were stranded interstate. Is that yes, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So I, well, to back this up, I was a bit, I was supposed to move to New York uh, in March of 2020. And then the embassy. Great time. Great time. And then the embassy, the US embassy sent me a text saying, Timothy, your visa's been canceled. Qantas texted me or emailed me to say my flight's been canceled. And I called my best mate, Sam, who lives up in Darwin. Um, and I was like, everyone's working from home. And I was a bit of a COVID denier. Not that I didn't think it was real. I just thought it was going to be around for four weeks. I yeah. just, I was like, this will come and go. Everyone's working from home. I'll come up to Darwin and see you. Anyway, so I got on a flight the next day. By the time I get to Darwin, the country goes into complete lockdown. Um, and I end up spending a year in Darwin. And, and when you say lockdown for non-Australians, what happened oh, was that the, the borders of the states actually closed. 100. So you couldn't get from, it's almost like if in the states all of a sudden you couldn't drive, you could no longer drive from like New York to New Jersey. Like there were literally police. Exactly. The so there was the international border lockdown and then within that, the state border lockdown. Yeah, and that, that enabled some states to just get away scot-free and have no virus whatsoever for the entirety of the pandemic, such as- Darwin. Darwin. So, well, the Northern Territory. So, Northern yeah, Territory. I, and we're in Darwin. We didn't have any cases. And so, we were living life as normal for an entire year. It felt like we were living on Mars. Like, it, everything, what we were seeing in the media was just a completely different reality to the reality that we were living. Right. Um, so but- like, why don't I create an alter ego? 
Well, it was it was like a pseudonym, right? And again, there was a lot of freedom with creating under a name that wasn't yours. And I think I was creating a lot of like pro-vaccination memes and stuff like that because I like I was obviously very for it. Um, but well, doing- obviously, you just oh, said that you were anti-COVID. <laughs> so no, I was kind of, no, not anti-COVID. I was just I didn't believe that COVID was going to be around for very long. Right, I was ignorant in that regard. I mean, none of us did. I thought I was very much uh, like sounding the alarm from an early stage because I knew people who knew enough to be telling me that it was serious. So I was the chicken little before everybody else thought it was yeah. bad. But even I thought it's going to tear through. It's going to be horrendous for a few months and then we'll all dust be ourselves over. off and it'll be over. I didn't really think through, oh, okay, well, if it's a new virus, then presumably not everyone is all going to get it at once. I just and thought, so then it's going to just keep yeah, on going. I just thought we would be... The people who were sick were sick for a week and then it would be over. Yeah. Right. But my, my boss at the time was very like, no, Tim, I think this is going to be a pretty big deal. <laughs> and she was right. Um, and then She was right. The airline was right. The US embassy, uh, embassy was, was right. Yeah, Everyone right. was right apart from worthless twink. twink. Exactly. And then, himself in the tropics. Of yeah. Australia. And then, so then I was creating memes and then um, it- it has just evolved from there. And then I, I, I wasn't even really showing my face at the time. Um, I kind of liked the word that I can't pronounce, which is anonymity. Anonymity? I, 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 yeah, I can't pronounce yeah, uh, And uh, yeah. And, uh, when you say I, you weren't showing your face, is that because you were showing like hot bod pics or something? No, or <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't like just torso pics. No, no, no. <laughs> just it was, pics um, online. Just, no, no, not even. It was, um, it was just like hiding behind the work of the meme. So you could say a lot either in writing or in... Uh, a comical way right and so I found that great freedom and then I was kind of testing and what was the gist of the memes like what was the orientation uh, was it you know that, oh, some of them stranded in Darwin was it about being a party boy was it about COVID was it about Ukraine no no predominant, predominantly about um, lockdown behaviours COVID uh yeah, getting the vaccination, social behaviours, that sort of stuff. Um, and then that then evolved after lockdown into doing some more event stuff, brand work. And now it's kind of become this uh, pseudo online um, being. Um, but I draw at the beginning of last, sorry, beginning of last year. Yeah, I uh, got rid of the title Worthless Twink. Uh, because I won, I didn't like being referred to it as a Worthless Twink. It's a great brand. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's, great it's, name. It's rude, it's rude. Um, but as I was going to more events, like I would show up at an event and like Tim Abbott wouldn't be on the list. But no, the Worthless, worthless twink, twink would be. And that was like a bit humiliating to be like, oh, is Worthless <laughs> Twink on the list? Yeah. And then I just, I just didn't like the association. I didn't like, and I mean, you don't, plan this so you don't know where that's going to evolve to so I, I didn't create it being like oh this will eventually become my day job or my income or, right or, and if i did know that i probably would have spent a bit more time thinking about the name when did you come <laughs> up with it do you remember yeah so uh, it was actually i used to get called it uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to get, uh, some old colleagues who right. are very affectionately very affectionately they were oh, very sure they were very obsessed with you um, don't hear what they're saying about you behind, behind the back <laughs> that's i'm sure they fans, tell you yeah. it's affectionate yeah yeah, yeah. so they no, were saying you a dickhead, asshole, worthless, uh, shithead to, twink. To my face. Yeah, yes. and it's uh, all in good jest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, they were very obsessed with gay tribe names. So uh, when they found out the word twink, they- And this was- These are straight people. Yeah, exactly. So to and the straighties who don't understand what a twink is, what's a twink? A twink would be like a young, uh, a f maybe effeminate or skinny gay boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was very much me in my early 20s. And is so. there a reference to Twinkies? No, I think sure. that's the etymology. Is that the American? That's an American candy, candy that yeah. has lots of cream inside. So they're sweet. <laughs> Twinks are sweet and full of uh, white. Well, I think and then I'm now renaming myself is um, probably for was, the best. I think that was the original uh, terminology of, uh, of Twinks. So, yes, a young, pretty <laughs> party boy, horny party boy. Sure. Uh, and was that something that you had, was that a, a subculture that you had identified with previously or? Not particularly, but they, I, I think it was the category that I fell into the most at the time. And were I, you a party boy? N no, no. Oh. I like, I, I've only ever had kind of one, uh, kind of one brief period of like heavy partying. And that's when I moved to London in 2018 and I'd moved countries and my, best friend had just passed away and like, I was just partying a lot. And that was kind of maybe for like a six month 
period. Right. Um, That's your excuse. That was my your excuse. best friend passed away? Yeah, what very happened? suddenly. Oh, suicide. It was Shit. chaos. Yeah. And that, we were 23 and like it was just very, very, une- well, obviously unexpected. And well, not obviously. Was. I mean, sometimes there are warning signs. Yeah, sometimes. Miss. Yeah. But it, um, yeah, it really rocked me. And I, I think at the time I didn't know how to cope with that other than uh, drinking mm. yeah, and partying. So, um Thankfully, I, yeah, got myself out of that loop. Yeah. Was that a he or a she? That was a she. Her name was right. Georgie. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. in hindsight, were there any warning signs that you regret not having noticed or? No. Um, I was I was actually, unfortunately, in India when she passed away, which was also double chaos, like a most chaotic city. <laughs> I was in Mumbai and I was like, this is not where I want to be while I'm grieving. But um, she- Not a tranquil place. No, certainly not. And- um, was it, I, I reflect on our final conversation differently now. Uh, we, we, had, we were having dinner with, like a couple of days before I left to go to India and she was talking about how she wasn't going to uni anymore and she was like had given up on that dream and she just didn't know what she was going to do with her life. And I, 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 at the time it wasn't like alarming because you're like, oh, you're 23 and you're changing paths and whatever. But now I look back on it and I was like, I think she had um, – she just resided and just surrendered basically. Mm. Yeah. Which is – it's yeah, it's really sad but it um, – Sent me on a different core course in life. Absolutely. Uh, had she struggled with That's mental a, health yeah. issues? And well, depression yeah, and and openly as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it wasn't a secret, but I, again, in the same way that I don't want to say it's it's not common, but it's not uncommon now for people to talk about their mental health no. or mental health struggles. And so there wasn't any, it not to an, an alarming amount from my mm. perspective mm. anyway. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was. Yeah, seven years ago now, which is um, – it feels like yesterday, but it feels like a lifetime ago in the same. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel now when you think about young people who are expressing, I don't know, mental health problems? Do you think we're dealing with it well enough? Oh. Is it an area that you I think feel drawn to activism in? I think a lot about it, um, particularly having experienced that, that uh, moment. Um, I would say social media – and sharing a story on social media isn't productive. I, I don't think it's- Understatement I, of the year. I don't think it's helpful. I think sharing maybe um, tips that have helped you or resources that have helped you or things that have gotten you out of a bad time is helpful to others. But I don't think there's power and strength in sharing suicidal thoughts online. I don't know if that's bold to say, but- from my experience, unfortunately for Georgie, she shared her story days before taking her own life. And I think you get a rush of false sense of, you know, everyone cares and then it goes away. And then you have to deal with the crash of feeling alone and abandoned. Mm. Um, so I I think there's certainly a lot of great resources online, but I, I, I never want to become... Uh, a spokesperson for it because I'm not educated in it. Right. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. No, but you're very active in social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a personal experience with it. Yeah, and sometimes people will message me stories of struggle and I'm not um, educated enough to cope with that or deal with that or responsible enough What do you do then when they do? I send them in the right direction. This is a great story to speak to a professional about or speak to your loved ones about or your friends about because – I might be a safe space to confine personal information in online, but I'm also I'm not equipped for that. Do you mean that strangers will hit you up? Complete just because strangers, followers, yeah, their fans? exactly. It's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky, but also I I don't want to become someone's um someone I, a stranger's safety net or support network. No, but there's this weird parasocial relationship that people have with their with people they follow online. Yeah, absolutely. It's all very well to say go and get professional help or talk to friends and family if they've been ostracized from their family, if they don't have a lot of friends and if it's a four-month wait to see a psychiatrist, mm. let alone the fact that it's $300 out of pocket, mm. you know, sometimes the only people who people feel they can turn to Absolutely. A twing. <laughs> Absolutely, and and they and I can't I can't take on that responsibility for thousands of people. I I can't. Um, I can lead by example. I can share. Uh, yeah, I can lead mm. by example, but I, mm. I, I I don't. And I also I, I don't think it's um, responsible of me either. I, I I don't think as someone who isn't trained in that area. Yeah, yeah, of course. I can share my story, sure, but. Uh, and hopefully maybe someone could learn something from that or take from that. But 
I can't be responsible for everyone's and well-being. And when you say that your friend shared her story problems, online, her yeah. story, what, yeah, what yeah. was that? What to was the, she To saying? that depth, it was um, she had, yeah, been struggling with depression and, um, you know, things get better and it was to that tone. It was uh, a positive. It was a positive. Like, right. you know, keep working, keep forging ahead. Um, if only she took her own advice mm. in that regard. And yeah. so when you were, do you remember where you found out? Yeah, I remember by minute by minute. It's, I will never, <laughs> never forget it. Woken up in the middle of the night um, to my phone ringing and it was someone were that- Were you in a youth hostel or a hotel? No, I was in the Four Seasons. I was in the Four Seasons. Mummy's Four Seasons. I was in Mummy's Four Seasons. I was in a hotel um, and I was getting a phone call from someone who I know, but not very well. And so I was like, that's really odd. So I, I messaged them and I was like, hey, I'm in India. Uh, it's very early in the morning. Can I call you in the morning? And she said, no, call me now. So call her back and uh, she was like, I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't want you to see this on Facebook, but yeah, Georgie's died. And I was like, I, I was speechless and she started crying. And then I was like, I'll call you back or I'll speak to you later. Um, and I just remember being in such a state of shock. You I, didn't ask what the hell happened? No, 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 no. I, 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 I couldn't think. I couldn't, I was, I was so shocked. And I was with a friend at the time who was also in the same hotel room, um, woke her up or she was woken up by the phone call, um, told her. And again, I, I, we were both just gobsmacked. I, I, I completely shocked. And then it wasn't until I got to security to fly home, like the security check-in at the airport, that I completely broke down. I could, I think at that point it still felt like a, felt so far away, I felt so removed from it, but I knew once I got on that plane, I had to face the reality of the death. Mm. And, and we got off the plane and went straight to the funeral. It was, uh, yeah, it was a whirlwind, but I, I'll, I'll never forget. It was a very um, sliding doors moment yeah. for me. Yeah. Did you learn anything from it? Heaps, heaps, which is a terrible thing to say, but I learned so much from it. I, for the most part, it taught me that I'm not invincible and life isn't forever. And I thought there was a lot of things that I thought I'd have the rest of my life to do and go after and experience. And then I went, why am I waiting? Why, why am I doing this? Mind you, you were already in India, I which, was. Is <laughs> which is a good start to start. living. It's not like you were in yeah. a work a day job, stuck in an office somewhere in Well, so I, 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 did, I did quit my job after I, and I, so I moved to London and, Saw a lot of musical theater and <laughs> <laughs> saw Dreamgirls three times because uh, I was like, what if I die tomorrow? Yeah, um, yeah. But a lot of that, I think that has stuck with me now in terms of like that way of being, of living in the now and doing stuff that I want to do. Um, there's a lot of impulse behind that. Or not impulse, urgency. Yeah. There's a lot of urgency behind things now because um, who knows? Who knows what is next month, next year? If Have I've you struggled it. with mental health yourself? Of course, I think I think that's a very oh, well. Actually, I can't speak for everyone. I was going to say I, th I think that's a very universal experience for gay people. I think there's a lot of I think for me a deep shame about my sexuality, massively. Um, and I, I truthfully thought, come end of high school, it was something that I was going to die keeping to myself. Really, truthfully, yeah. I where'd you go to high school? I went to Marist in North Sydney and I had a great time there. I had a really good experience at Is school. that a Catholic, it's a Catholic boys' school? school? Ca Catholic boys' school right. in North Sydney. Um, I had a really great experience there. It, had not, it just wasn't that. I just, I, the way that I imagined my life with what my knowledge of gay culture and gay lifestyle then was, like, I was like, I want a wife and I want kids. And that was the life that, I thought you actually I, wanted that or you thought you were supposed to want that? No, I, I, I wanted that. Yeah, I, I wanted that life. That was what I imagined for myself. Um, the white picket fence. Exactly, the, right. 100%. Um, and so, so you, I think the experience for me coming out is like you have to marry the person that you were kind of pretending to be and then the person that you actually are and then figuring out within that what's actually authentic, what's real, what was an act. Um, and you're kind of living a double life. It's a, it's a head fuck. Like, I, I don't know if that's a shared experience, but for me, you're like, obviously uh, there's a lot of truth in your being, but then there's also a lot of false in your being when you're closeted. And so for me coming out, you're then, you're kind of left in this wrestle of like, what part of me is 
authentically me. And sometimes I'm still figuring that out. I、mm. go, wait, is this? Do I think this? Do I believe this? And did you identify yourself as gay reasonably early? Very early, right? Extremely early. So、and、you knew you were different. One hundred percent. I knew in primary. In a Catholic boys' school, aren't、yeah. they all like jerking off with each other in the lockers? <laughs> That's a different.、Part. I have this image of this kind of weird, like frustrated,、uh, homophobic, like homosexual kind of、uh, vibe <laughs> among fifteen-year-old boys. I mean, because what else do they do? Well, there are no girls. I mean, I went to a school with girls, so there was like, yeah, there was I, a release. So to speak, I yeah I had a very good time in high school. Right. So how did、time. you know you were different? I, I knew really early on. I mean, probably like when I was like five or six, and I, I remember I and I, I no, I, when you're five or six, you might know that you are attracted to yes. So I didn't have the late word for it. Yeah, but like the idea that the thing that you feel is different from the way that most people experience life is what I'm talking about. And yeah, that, that puts you in a different class of of being. I, I see. It's, I, I never felt different in primary school. In primary school, like I was school captain. Well, no, pre-puberty, you don't. Yeah, and it was a, it, like had had an excellent time. And high school also had a very good time socially. And but I felt different because we you lose the girls when I went to high school, and there I guess puberty brings in a whole lot of competitiveness and just naturally I think boys just want to be the. Best as young boys,、um, well, that was in the case at my school,、um, and I felt different because my interests were different. Right, I, di- I didn't feel different as a person and like my morals and values and stuff. I felt different because I'm like, why does no one want to talk about Glee? <laughs> <laughs> so you literally were, you were a twink, you were a worthless twink. Why, why did you like?、Twink. Why don't people、right. obsess over Beyonce in the same way that I do? Right, right. Why? Why? And they're、yeah. all on about rugby. R- all about rugby or Victoria's Secret models and all that sort of、right. stuff. And, I, and that's how I felt different. I、yeah. felt different. I mean, we're all very nice people, and that sort of stuff. We all got、right. along really well. So it was then, less about the erotic and more about your interests, your style, exactly, you know, yeah, all yeah. that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, were you mucking around with guys who are now straight?、Uh, I yeah, I've slept with a, a lot of boys. I mean, in school, still, yeah, 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 yeah,、mm. yeah, yeah. And what do you? Still, what do they make of that? Do you think? Do you know? I still talk to a couple of them. I think. Look, I. I, I, I I don't want to sit down and have a sorry, not with you, but I don't want to sit down with them and talk about who they think they are and whatnot. That in that moment they wanted to have sex with me, so <laughs> that's that's enough.、Um, but I think a lot of them, maybe for younger guys, I think they were just horny.、Uh, some of them, I think, some of them just want to have a sexual experience.、Hmm. That's fine. Like I, 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 some of them are married now, so. Who knows? I mean, they could be struggling. They could be battling demons. But、uh, I think a lot of them maybe. No, I'm not、uh, suggesting、yeah. that they have to be. I just think that it's an interesting、uh, insight interesting. into the way that into how simplistic sometimes our definitions of gayness are. Like we've got, you know, where it's Mardi Gras time. Yeah, we're encouraged to think both by homophobic religious conservatives and also by extremely online pro-gay. Gay people. That there are two types of human beings. There's the straight people, and there's the gay people. There might、yes. be some bi people, you know, on、yes. the very edges. But like, basically, there are people who are hardwired to be constitutively attracted towards either the same or the opposite sex, and repulsed by the reverse. Yeah. And your experience at Catholic boys' school maybe complicates that. My my thinking is maybe. I mean, Stephen Fry's spoken about like situational homo- homosexuality in terms of like the boarding school experience and like just like. Horned up boys that just、yeah. want to fuck anything.、Um, it could be a bit of that, but these boys weren't also deprived of women, so yeah. So we weren't having sex at school. So that's like, right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. So like they had as much opportunity to sleep. Yes, it's a bit different from the Stephen Fry case where he's talking about British boarding schools where you're literally、right. you're、away. in a kind of a prison. Yeah, you're you know, there's no, there is no of, vagina、yeah. for a, a, you know a hundred miles around. Yeah, exactly.、Access. So who know? I who knows? I think for one of them, they remained a good friend. Heterosexual, so yeah, we joke about it. We okay, <laughs> do you think their wives know?、Uh, probably not. <laughs> my my guess is probably not, only because maybe they'd feel threatened by that. I don't know.、Mm. Who knows? Who knows? So you go to Darwin. You got your worthless、oh, yeah. twink going、Sorry. on,、yeah. uh, and uh, this is <laughs> and. At what point does do you realise that this is something that's actually catching fire and like becoming more than just a a hobby? Is 
How does that happen? There was w- one moment where it made, some of my stuff made the news and I was like, that got- The old school news. Old, traditional the news. The television, Channel the 7, electronic ABC. television news. Yeah. What was it? It was a Kath and Kim compilation that I'd made. And this I was- a very popular Australian sitcom from the probably 90s or- uh, Early 2000s. Early 2000s. Early 2000s, okay. yeah. And that was kind of a turning point. To be honest, like, I'm, I, I don't- Fundamentally, I still feel the same. So I, it maybe was once it, once I quit my day job, that probably was a, t- and that was only last year. So right, it's been a couple of years in the making. But but last um, year was when you ditched the, the brand, the meme. Exactly, it happened at the same coincide time. So right. I mean, I still post memes and stuff, but it's it's a hybrid now. Absolutely, yeah, yeah right. But I, there's some been some very very cool moments that have happened, but. Yeah, I'm and why sure. was the news picking it up? Were they just like, here's this funny little guy yeah. who's making comedy videos yeah. that are going viral? Must have been a slow news day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> they were in the portion of the yeah. news which they normally dedicate to like the panda at the zoo who can't have <laughs> After sex. After all the doom and gloom yeah, and war, exactly. they're like, it's like a well, here's a gay boy baby, from <laughs> baby lion cub has been born. That is me. Actually, I'm, ditch the lion cub. We've got a worthless twink. I filled Joking. the like wholesome news right. segment at the right. end. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so you're still in Darwin as you're blowing up and becoming an internet phenom is that right yeah or yeah you leave so so it, no it happened in darwin it happened in darwin but what was it, your job when you say you could i, I, I worked in digital doing? marketing so yeah. I, I first started in television production and then moved into digital marketing um so there's a synchronicity there it's not like yeah. you didn't know what you were doing in social if you're if brands are coming to you and asking for certainly sub- content certainly subconsciously and i think that's like a crude knowledge over years where when you're doing something, you probably don't realize you're learning while doing, and then you get to points like this, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that applied practice works really well in this industry." Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, particularly when it comes to like maybe interviews or meet like traditional media stuff. Yeah. That sort of uh, experience has played off really well um, in terms of presenting or yeah, podcasting and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Um, that's been really helpful. And so yeah, at, at some point you be- you basically join the group of influencers in yes. Australia yeah, and yeah. you join the elite of, uh, of that, uh, community, shall we say, yeah, it's, um, it's what a- did you make of them and how did you, did you start socializing? And I guess you start getting yes. invited to, once you're back in, did you move back to Sydney or Melbourne? Move back from, to Sydney. Yeah, right? Once Maybe you're back in Sydney. Sydney, then presumably you're getting invited to opening nights, you yeah, go yeah. into the, all the big well, social events yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we met at Wicked's. We, met, <laughs> we, we, we did meet at an opening night, yes, um, uh, of a musical. Yes. So it's, it's, a, it's a really, to speak candidly, it's a very, um, it's a very interesting mix of people because th- your traditional- it's a tactful m- and sensitive way of putting it. And we can become insensitive soon, but <laughs> <laughs> the traditional media folk who are camera ready um, and have spent their life either in the journalistic, uh, like journalism world or presenting world, they, they can riff and talk for days. The people that have um, been born out of their bedroom and have only just had their camera in front of them and might not have any team or any peers. Um, they develop a lot of um, strange social behaviours. Um, and Online or offline? Offline, sorry. Right. And so, yeah, you might be thrusted into a room of a high, like a blend of all these people. You've got people that... Um, you know, might be extremely popular online, but can't look you directly in the eye mm. or ask you how your day's been and things like that. And that was funny to me because it's people that I've looked up to or either um, really enjoy their content. And then, yeah, they can't engage with human to human contact. Right. Just uh, That's just social behaviors, which I find interesting. Do but- you think that's caused by their dependence on and reliance on social or was it? Surely. Uh, yeah, surely. I think someone who's chronically online and isn't interacting with people face to face. Well, um, maybe not. I mean, it may, be, it may be that the industry and that the technology selects for people who are a bit spectrum-y and don't, and don't have good interpersonal skills and so feel yeah. more comfortable and, and seem more relaxed in front of a screen. I, I, absolutely. And that's so, that's so fine. Um, it was just uh, surprising to me. I, yeah. I just wasn't expecting. It was unexpected. Absolutely. To meet people who um, come to these events and, yeah. I mean, uh, apart from the person- Don't want to connect. Apart from their kind of personal characteristics, though, yeah. w- there's a 
I mean, there I find the whole community quite baffling because there are so many different. Like, there are a lot of people who I love in it, and then yeah. there are other people who I don't know from a bar of soap, but yeah. have a lot of followers who yeah. I will meet at an event and will just not shut up talking about the most inane stuff that I don't that's give common. a shit about, right? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe that these people think that this is remotely interesting. Like, it'll just be about, like, I mean- Are they talking about themselves or- They're talking about themselves. They're talking about, oh my God, like I was just on a plane and then I realized that like, oh my God, I saw Abby Chatfield and she was on the other side of the plane. And like, I was wearing this thing, but she was also wearing these green pants. And then I was wearing these green pants as well. And I was like, oh my God, she must be going to the Wicked premiere as well. But then I realized she wasn't going to the Wicked premiere. So she didn't even get an invitation, but I was the one who got an invitation and Abby didn't get an invitation. So what's going on there? She was just randomly wearing green pants at the same time as I was wearing green pants. I thought we're wearing green because of wicked babe and anyway so and i'm like this i'm just standing there in the lobby going i don't know who you are there's a lot going on in the world mm. that we could be talking about sure yeah yeah I don't, we don't have to be talking about putin you know or climate chaos but can we meet somewhere in the between abby chatfield's green pants and, and i love abby this is not a shot at yeah, abby yeah, it's yeah, a shot yeah. at the person who thinks that she's going to get some kind of kudos by telling some inane story to me about how she was on the same fucking plane as Abby Chatfield. Like, who gives a fuck? It's a great impression of a lot of people that I've met, yeah. <laughs> or, or, they, or they talk about metrics. They talk about engagement. Right. They talk about likes. Um, it's, it's really, really odd, and I'm not really humouring it much anymore. Like, I, I just don't find it interesting. I don't find it boring. I, I find it boring. How have you made that pivot? Uh, I, I'm just more far more selective with the events I choose to go to or I show up like just before the <laughs> show right. starts right. so I don't have to do the in right. crowd mingling or I go actually that's an event I would take myself to anyway or you know um, and I think that way you're meeting probably more like-minded people right. like the Swans are having Sydney Swans which is an AFL team um, in Sydney uh they're having an event on Wednesday for their 150th year as a club. And I love those events. People that- You're you know, like an ambassador for them or something, I am, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Very, very proudly. It's the greatest honor next to my name and mm-hmm. I love them. But when you're coming together for a mutual interest, those people are great. And you're coming there to bond over something that you all love. Right. And, and they're very chatty, very friendly yeah. group of people. Yeah. I yeah. love them. I yeah. adore them. Well, yeah. speaking of AFL, where are the gay AFL players? Yeah, I'm not sure. Your guess is as good as mine. There was a fantastic Four Corners um, report on that. Um, For Americans, AFL is is Aussie rules. Aussie rules. So you might Uh, see it sometimes. It's it's a very fast-paced game, a lot of running. It's a a great game. Excellent game. But it's it's with an an American football-sized, shaped football. Exactly. It's not us talking about soccer as if it was- Yeah, very different game. Um, But yeah, great cross-in for them. Um, Where are the gay AFL players? I my perception on it is um, and what I hear around is that no one wants to be the first and that they don't want it to delineate from their craft and their skill, which they don't want to be known as the gay AFL player. Right. Or the sole gay AFL player. Why? I mean, who gives a shit at this stage? I, I, I understand that viewpoint. And I think- Also, if- have some balls. <laughs> I think if uh, the clubs are very accepting, the clubs are really, really accepting. I think, and I think I can speak for the Sydney Swans supporters again, very accepting. Um, I, yeah. Um, but I think if they came out as a, not a boy band, but in a group, they could, <laughs> as a like, we <laughs> are five. Your brain goes to yeah, a boy, boy band. band. Just like, they but have like, to do a Spice Girls. Yeah, if, well, that, it could be effective because if they go, oh, there's five of us, none of us have been the first, we're out, we're here. But I think, I think- But if, these are not people who are, I mean, you could either think about sport as being a conformist team pursuit and therefore maybe it doesn't encourage individualism or you could think about athleticism as like the pinnacle of human endeavour and these are people who ought to not require four people standing beside them in order to do the minimum amount uh, to, you know, demonstrate the minimum amount of courage that, that people are doing every single day all over the country, like their role models. Yeah. Yeah, and all kinds of different professions. Like, they're supposed to be shooting for the stars and, like, yeah. being the best of the best. Well, then just man up. If uh, as fabulous as it would be and as I would, of course, fully support it, I my perception is they, they don't want it to be about them. They're not um, 
I would say maybe like a, a, a soccer player or maybe a basketball or an NFL player, maybe a bit more about the like the brand deals and the sponsorship and the personality off off the field. Whereas a common AFL player, they're not kind of like that way inclined. Oh come on! Oh, come on. I like. I, I think a few of them, like your your buddy, as if he's it's like, ba- as if it's like a, a humility. It's not a humility, but I think they don't want it to. And I and I understand that. I don't think they want it to detract from the thing that they've dedicated their life to. I, I, well, I, that's I, a very nice way of phrasing cowardice. No, I, I like. I, I don't think so. I think for them, like none of the other players are expected to share that side of themselves when playing the sport. If it was something that aggrandized them and put them up in the status game instead of down, like dating a supermodel, then they wouldn't be bashful about it. I, uh, for me, the marketing side of me goes, wouldn't you want to be the first? Wouldn't you? You'd be on the cover of every magazine. You'd yeah. be have sponsorship deals. Well, you might be too young to remember, but do you remember when the first NRL- Ian Roberts. Ian, Ian Roberts. Ian Roberts mm. came out? I mean, that was- a bombshell because that would have been in the nineties. I it mean, was I late was 90s. in school, yeah, late nineties, and I, I think he still remains the only professional league player to do so. And this is a bloke who was your classic man, like mm-hmm. the archetype of masculinity, right. like built like a brick brick shit yeah, house, yeah. like muscly, uh, a, a meathead, and mm. and came out at the yeah. time and it was like. You know, this is pre-gay marriage. This is pre, oh, like, it was still, huge. homosexuality was still illegal Le- in some states. In Tassie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. Um, this isn't defending the AFL at all. I, I think w- w- I would obviously welcome it with open arms. I would yeah. love to be the first wag yeah. uh, <laughs> at the brown line. I promise you, I, I, I should be a part of the package deal. You come out, you get to him. Um, but it's not protecting them anyway. I just understand both sides of the coin. I think one... They've dedicated their whole life to a sport and they want that focus to be on the sport, their talent, their craft. The other side is maybe, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't want to be the first. Right. Um, but even for me as, you know, colourful and flamboyant as I can be, it was a huge struggle for me and I wasn't in the public eye. Mm. I, I didn't have a, a club of a thousand supporters looking at me or, sorry, a hundred thousand supporters looking at me or, you know, that pressure would feel immense. And a lot of these boys are young. Yeah, they're eighteen. True. They're true. T- twenty-three. Like I mean, they are very. Young. Presumably, all of their peers kind of know. You, you would assume, uh, yeah. Right? There, yeah, there are yeah. probably a lot of open secrets that sure. we're not privy yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, do you think just comparing it back to your experience of being at a Catholic boys' school? Do you, yeah. When you came out, do you think that it was news to? Your friends? No, it was very insultingly not surprising. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first two, first two friends I called, and they were actually at a Sam Smith concert. And right. I was like, guys, I'm gay. Mm. <laughs> and they were like, that's great. We'll yeah. talk to you later. <laughs> and I was like, that's oh, not the response I was expecting. <laughs> what is it? Well, I think we can just say to everybody out there, if somebody who you know, who you suspect is gay, comes out, you should not say what a family member of mine said as well. One of my extended family members said, uh, oh, you're finally coming out, are you? It's not. uh, Yeah, I I know that you're trying to diminish it. Like I, I I know that the sentiment is good because you're trying to say like it's not a big deal. I don't care. Uh, You know, you could have done it years ago. But to you, it feels like the biggest, most important thing. Yeah, it's also like. Okay, great. Your gaydar is fabulous. You want a yeah. fucking golf clap for that? Congratulations. <laughs> like, yeah, you picked it maybe bit more than other people did. But, like, it's not this, – this this particular moment is not all about you. Sure. And in hindsight, I wasn't doing a, a fabulous job of hiding it either. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was a, there was the a lot, lot of writing on the walls. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, particularly around, like, interests and stuff. But, yeah, I for these guys, like, I really, really hope it's soon. Because there's, there's not – one mm. um so it'll take yeah it, it would be a very brave thing to do because to be the first you could imagine would be take yeah. a lot of guts and and so just getting back to you, to you when you could yeah. say that it was hard for you to come out what was yeah. hard about it if you sort of knew that everybody knew i it, it wasn't i it wasn't that i didn't think people wouldn't accept me that was never my fear i I think there was just a lot of sadness uh, and surrendering to that life that I was never going to live, that white picket fence thing. And that was sad to me as a, as a young person. Because there were no representations of gay people having families at the time? Zero. And still to this day, very little. Hey, I'm doing my bit. Uh, and I applaud you and I, I've spoken to Sean about it and I commend you so much because I speak about this frequently, about representation. And first of all, it's very little. And when, there, when it is... We're dying of AIDS. We're partying. Um, you, you, do you know what I mean? Like the representation representation that we do get 
is very, very limited to the gay experience. I would love, I would love to see a happy, healthy, successful gay person like in a mainstream movie or television and that be it and that be their plot. Well, we have had that for a few decades now, haven't we? I'm in, t- I'm in terms of like, w- w- I, I can't think of any. Any famous gay people? No, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, shows. sorry, sorry. Like as, a, as, a, as the narrative of the plot, you know, oh, like, right. sorry. Like in terms of like, we've had your Will and Graces and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a great example. Yeah. Um, it's few and far between though. I think, I think when we are on television. There we- was that not very good romantic comedy that was directed by What's-His-Face. Uh, oh, Bros? Yeah. 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 That, and that's, that was didn't last- do very well. That was last year. Then <laughs> he said that it was, uh, it was because yeah. it was a gay romantic comedy, but it may also just be because it was not a very good film. Sure. But yeah, I but- take your point. Right. The normalization of the, of the gay experience rather than it being a queer film or a queer- I would love to see it integrated. Yeah, I, and I talk about this a lot with my friends. What I want to see is like I would love to see, um, what's an industry? Uh, let's firefighters. Sure, a, a five. <laughs> just for the homoeroticism here, right? But like, okay, you, you, you've you're got you're a, picturing a calendar, a wall calendar with shirtless firefighters. No, <laughs> I, I, what I'm imagining is like your fire department um, who are fighting the bushfires in Australia, and one of them happens to go home to his husband and two kids. And that be it. Yeah, right. That's not the plot driver. The plot driver is there fighting against the huge bushfires in the Australian outback or something. Yeah, and yeah. that's where I go. Ah, oh, we've really we've we've made it. Right, we, we've right. integrated into the mainstream as opposed to I saw all of us strangers the other week. Have you seen that? Not yet, but it's on the list. It's so beautiful, give, but no again, giveaways. yeah, it's beautiful. But again, it's another gay trauma film of right. like right. a lot of drug use, yeah, loneliness, yeah, parents unapproving. And I was like, it's beautiful, but again, I'm like. Right. Yeah, but we are in this moment, aren't we, of like kind of victimization and uh, microaggressions being the the currency of the day. Like it's if for you, gay people or for everyone, for everybody, for right. every for every minority community. I mean, yeah. if, if you if you pitch a movie or a TV show that's about how uncomplicated and uh, and fun it is to you know to be socially active in twenty twenty four, right. No, it's not going to get anywhere. But if you talk about how difficult it is to be a queer woman of colour, mm. um, that's, you know, people are going to pay attention. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it, that people love watching people struggle? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's become a suffer. status thing, hasn't it? Yeah. It's like a, there's almost a, an oppression Olympics where everyone's fighting to be the most oppressed community and the somewhat justifiable guilt of the straight white male gatekeepers of culture yeah. who run studios and television uh, networks and stuff, I think are maybe overreacting and making it harder for, I mean, that, that film that you're proposing, a mm. sort of normalized film that's just about something where there's just a gay person in the background who has a normal life. Well, as that could be was, as a front as well, you as, know, like. As that was going through the process of being, of development, mm. I'm pretty sure that these days, given how familiar I am with the entertainment industry in mm. Australia and the US, mm. there would be many choke points at which they would say, can't we turn up the gay thing? He should have some kind of trauma. He should have, he should have a religious uncle who's, gonna, who's he's estranged from. You who's, know, you who wanna, used to molest him, yeah. <laughs> you wanna cre- you're going to yeah. want to create the drama and the kind of drama that you're going to want to create will be through the prism of a social justice narrative about minorities being oppressed and besieged by you're, you're very correct. Power you're, you're very correct, but I would hope that the 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 struggle would lie in the external of, say, the bushfire. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get to. And no, not I the get stru- it. because I think I think it could be it could hinder um, people accepting who they fully are because of what they see um, the gay experience to be. Well, we're in Mardi Gras festival time at the moment, the Great biggest segue. gay and lesbian festival in the world. Does that help or hinder what you're talking about? I was really nervous last night um, because I was, I really, really, really want to be authentic today. Um, but I'm, I'm I, and, and this is, un, you know, uncomfortable conversations. Um, this year I'm doing something different. I'm celebrating pride by taking myself to... Western Australia, Rottnest. Um, beautiful island off beautiful the coast island. of Perth. Wanted to celebrate queerness and pride in a way that was authentic to me. With and quackers. Th- with quackers, of course, with my book, uh, Pace. Um, and 
as we've warmed up to Mardi Gras season, I feel anxious and sick even talking about it. Um, and I'm going to do my best to elaborate on why. Um, I think the Mardi Gras organisation, the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras organisation, to be official, and the parade hold incredible significance for the community. There's no denying that. It played a huge role in my self-acceptance when I was younger, to be able to see liberated queer people in a safe space. There's no denying that. And I, I think that still plays the role for a lot of people who are recently coming out and, you know, and allies alike. I think, I think it's really important. Where my subscription to that starts and ends is probably there. And everything that I see in the periphery and around it, um, the bendering um, and the high volume of drug use um, and promiscuity really makes me upset. And, uh, and upset, it, it makes me upset, it makes me really upset. And because to me, I look at that and I go like, um, one, I don't think it's healthy to the extent in which it's done. I think partying can be done in a healthy manner. What I see, I think is done in a very unhealthy manner. Um, and it also disheartens me because I look at the people that have fought for this, the 78ers and all the other queer activists um, in Australia. And I'm like, is this what they fought for? I'm not sure. I, I, it doesn't resonate with me in the slightest. I know I'm a non-drinker. Um, even as a drinker, I would still go to these events and feel incredibly isolated and ostracized and lonely. And I was like, and that's me as a, a skinny rich white boy. I can't even imagine what someone of color or other minorities would feel on top of that. Um, and I, I don't know why the carry on occurs. I, I I don't, I, I, and I, it certainly to me isn't how I want to celebrate my pride or celebrate my queerness in terms of getting absolutely throttled um, <laughs> into obliteron. Um, I mean, don't, you think the, don't you think they've been trying in the past few years to make it both more diverse and more family friendly? You've seen a lot of imaging around, uh, you know, diversity around different yeah. kinds of communities being having yeah, floats yeah. that like the kind of the cliche of Mardi Gras all being for white go-go boys uh yeah for the worthless twinks of the world has yeah. been somewhat um I mean they're trying to expand it, it, it's it's not so much about it, it's certainly not sorry it's certainly not about the appearance and diversity it's the behaviors that are concerning to me um because I can't think of really many other hetero equivalents other than like a Mad Mondays or a Bucks Party Weekend. Um, and- You mean where there's like a celebration of getting totally smashed? Beyond the parade. I'm, I, I, yeah, the, yeah, Separating yeah. the parade. The parties after uh, Hearing the about people parties. that are going, like partying for two weeks straight and partying to levels of complete danger. And I, I, I don't. What about Carnival in Rio and like, you know, the Berlin Summer Park Love Festivals where everyone takes ecstasy for a week? And stuff. Yeah, Isn't sure. There a, yeah, yeah. Australian equivalents of that? Yeah, that, yeah. Carnival, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't. Um, and I, I think that's what part of this trip is about to kind of reconcile with my detachment and disconnect from these events. You're literally going as far away in Australia as, as, you, as can be. <laughs> Pretty much. Possible. I just, um, <laughs> Into the Indian Ocean. Yeah, I, I went to a, like a, a queer-only event a couple months ago and I couldn't tell you how unsafe... Oh, sorry, I, I could tell you <laughs> how unsafe I felt. I, I felt so uncomfortable. I felt so unsafe. And the irony... Unsafe meaning what? was unsafe? Uh, unsafe in terms of being grabbed on the ass um, and being watched, it's, it's, it's terribly uncomfortable. Right. And like, I guess the dramatic irony is that like, I, I once, you know, I experienced great community at the church in school and after school. And I experienced great sense of community in the gym that I go to in Rose Bay with a bunch of straight boys. Um, and I just have never felt that sense of community within the community. Right. And, and what I mean by that is like um, 
people that have your back, people that have your best interests at heart, people that want you to succeed and thrive. And I feel like it's the complete opposite. The experience that I experience, I'm, I'm speaking purely for me, is people just don't want the best for you. People um, are trying to either spread gossip, create gossip, fuck your boyfriend, fuck your ex-boyfriend, um, and badmouth you. Every bit of online hate I've ever received has been from a gay man. I, I've never received hate from a woman, which is the majority of my following. My, fo my following's majority women, like 70, 70, 75%. Every time I get critiqued, criticism, hate, it's always from a gay man. What are they saying? Oh, they're commenting on my looks, how I talk, uh, my opinion, um, whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, Where does that come from, do you think? Oh, I, I mean, f to psychoanalyze it, I think it's projection, sure. Um, but I find that really sad. I find that really sad that we don't want to, as a community, boost one another up. I, I don't see that. I mean, do you? I don't know if you want to share that. But. Yeah, I mean, there there is a, I mean, there, yes, some of the worst, some of the most sexist and like deranged, offensive people I've ever met are gay guys. They can be catty and horny and bitter. But at the same time, I wonder whether or not, I mean, that's coming from a, obviously a place of some sort of trauma and that's coming from a community normalization of ways of dealing with that trauma that are used to use humor and promiscuity and drugs to, you know, s to solve whatever injury there is, whatever emotional injury exists there. Um, I mean, it, the impediment to the white picket fence that you wanted when you thought that you were going to get married is partly that trauma and then partly i mean i thought you were gonna say that one of the things about mardi gras is it does continue to promote the idea that gayness is a very different and distinct thing that that is worth turning the volume up on that and i think it's uh, sorry, all these people are fabulous. Like, I, I there's, this isn't a. Uh, well, not all of them. A lot of sorry, them. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this isn't a critique on uh, femininity or expressiveness. I think all of that is excellent and great. And um, though it does perpetuate the narrative that gays must be and do the most to be valid in this community. And I just. Is this not enough? Mm. Is my pedestrian ordinary self not enough to be valid or do I need to have a, are we playing a numbers game? Of how a many, few sequins how, or, or how many people I can sleep with right? Um, or how many drugs can I take? It's, it's incredibly competitive. And um, I, I've kind of given up and I, I heard a story last week and I, I'm, I'll, I heard a story last week of someone um, and I was so let down. This is a Sydney guy. I was so let down by, by like what I'd heard. I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I, I almost like, I'm fuck this. I'm celibate. Like I, I'm like, what were you hearing? I, 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 something that they had done to their boyfriend um, involving someone else. And I, and I, and from my perspective, I was like, they're supposed to be one of the good ones. They're the, they're one of the people that I thought was like a, a good person in this mix. And I, I was so disgusted and disheartened by that. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Pull your head in. And were they telling you out of a sense of pride? Yeah. Like, here's what I was Boasting. able to get away with. Boasting. And oh, I was like, fuck this. I, I, like, I, I was so mad and I was, oh, fuck me. Like, I, I think because it's such a um, concentrated group of people, right? If you look at the hetero world who make up 90% or whatever the current statistic is of people, you have that blend of light and dark. And I'm sure this happens in the straight world. But when you have such a mix, uh, sorry, when a con concentrated mix, um, I, I want to be proven wrong. Sounds like you're just hanging out with the wrong groups of guys. <laughs> no, I, I do. I do my own. my place. There are six-year-old twins playing. Very with, wholesome. Uh, very wholesome. Very, whole, very boring. <laughs> I love it. Boring. I, I, and for context, I live in Darlinghurst, which is probably the most concentrated uh, part of Sydney of gay it's men. Probably one of the gayest neighbourhoods in the world. Uh, in a sentence. Yes, absolutely. So what I'm experiencing and what I'm exposed to is probably the... 
Um, yeah, it's the it's the it's the sharp end of people yes. acting out because they've come from all over Australia to this haven. It's it's not honestly. It's the same in you know Chelsea in New York City or sure. San Francisco. People come from yeah. all over because they know that these people these places are havens or West Hollywood, sure. and they get whatever they need to get out of their system out of their system there. That doesn't mean that there isn't like a silent majority that's the that's the bottom of the iceberg. And it's just getting on with life. And, and, and that's, what, that's what I want to hear more of. And I hope today, this is, this is a personal experience. This is my experience. I hope it's not offensive. And I'm probably sure that people living in my area would probably agree with it. But back to the sense of community, like there were three people that killed themselves in my suburb last year. Three in my suburb. And I'm like, that doesn't reflect to me a strong sense of community. Like we're doing something wrong. We're doing something wrong here where people aren't there for one another. People don't want to protect this Mm. um, because it's a competition. So what's the solution? Go to Rottnest Island, (laughs) read a book. (laughs) I think to me, the Rottnest Island thing was one, being true to myself and going, what do I want to do? If I, if I could roll the dice and say, what's the best case scenario, it's right in mm-hmm. hand. So okay. let's go make that happen. But I hope, I really hope that I live my, my life in a way that, again, leads by example and leads by action and not by playing into that. Because by me being considerate when uh, I either leave these events or don't attend these events or don't play into the gossip or drama, that is me making an active decision that I'm like, oh, that's as much as I can do. I, I don't have I mean, enough. It, it sounds like, did you ever like it? Because you said you weren't a big party person. I've never had the problem that you have of being surrounded by this com- that by that sub- yeah. sub-community because I'm not that interested in it, frankly. And so I'm not tempted to yeah. uh, surround myself with it. So I've tended to only socialize with people I like. Yeah. And there's never been the pull to get me into the superficial, glib, spiteful, catty. Yeah, um, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> and that, but, but like, it's, I haven't had to work at it. Just as I haven't had to work at the white picket fence. I mean, I sometimes people. I was joking earlier when I said yeah. like I'm doing my bit because sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, I'm so grateful to, especially older gay guys. Yeah. Will say, I'm so grateful to you for like just living such a normal life right. as if this is something that I'm doing out of the goodness of my heart for other people. Like I'm just living my life. True. And yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but to them it's so what, what the way that I live is, would have been so impossible right. 30 years ago, let alone 50 years ago <sighs> that it's touching to them, but I'm not doing it out of some sense of great courage. I'm just doing it because this is my life, <laughs> my life, if that makes sense. So is, yeah. is the next step, for you like to get married and have the white picket fence and have children or is that a bridge too far? Uh, it's it's certainly a goal of mine. But I just so before you move on, I, I, I do think without probably even knowing it is incredibly important for me. And I, I don't know about others, but for me to see families in the gay world is incredibly important. So whether you like it or not, it's- right. I'll <laughs> it's take a, it. It's Any a, donations can also yeah, be sent to my Substack if yeah, you want to financially compensate I absolutely how will. I am. I absolutely will. Um, it's incredibly important. Uh, it's certainly a goal of mine. Yeah, I've just turned 30 and I would hope in the next 10 years that I would yeah be able to get married and have kids if I can find someone that aligns to those um, values and goals like I do. Um, yeah, I, I, I would love to be a parent to mm. whatever capacity I can be. You're an uncle now? Right now, I'm, I'm very happy to be an uncle and love being an uncle. And All the upsides, none of the responsibility. All, all the cuteness and none of the- Have you yeah, changed a nappy yet? Never. <laughs> <laughs> you got something to look forward to then. But a lot of games, to. a lot of video games, a lot of <laughs> talking about dinosaurs and sharks, sign me up, I can do it, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think as we get to pride, um, particularly like the responsibility for the younger queer people who it might be their first year or it might be um, they've been a spectator before, but now it's their first year being out. I think we have great responsibility to show them how how happy and healthy it can be. To turn this into a positive, I think there are a lot of people out there who are doing that bit, who are showing showing up and going, hey, you can be a doctor, a lawyer, or a gardener, or a firefighter, or whatever the profession is, and be queer and be happy and be in a monogamous relationship if that's your thing, and have kids and mm. all that sort of stuff. I think it's really important. And to 
Um, not take advantage of their youth. I want to talk to you about social media and what it's doing to our brains uh, oh, yeah. before we before I let you out of here. Um, yeah. If people are listening to the free podcast, then uh, I will thank you for being here. And th- this can be the end. And if they want to subscribe, they can go to uncomfortableconversations.substack.com to hear uh, the rest of the, the episode and to get extra bonus content. Mm-hmm. Um, so you continue to produce ma- material on social media, even yeah. though you don't do it as worthless. Twink. Twink. Yeah. Um, do you worry about the impact that it's having for us all to be gazing at our phones and consuming algorithmically curated content? Oh, this is all our I, I, I could talk about this for a full day. Yes. I, I mean, the short answer of it, absolutely. I, I, I.